Blog Talk Radio. Race Chat Live fans. Ha ha. How the hell are you? I figure I'll steal a line from Chris. Mr. Creighton, are you there? Hello. Hello. Guys, you there? Hello? Yes, can you hear me? I hear you. All right, I just want to make sure. All right, so good evening, Race Chat Live fans. I don't know about you, man, but it was a hell of a weekend for racing. Uh, If you missed any of it, (laughs) shame on you. Triple overtime Saturday at the Xfinity race. Um, I'm going to tell you who surprised me a lot. Well, kind of, sort of, and if he was given more equipment, he'd be more competitive each and every time, and that's Mr. Jeffrey Earnhardt. Um, I think Larry Mack being on the toolbox. On the pit box was a, was a nice uh, was a nice change. He said he had about eight days to uh, put together uh, to, to be a sponge for everything that he needed to know. Taz, what was your take on the weekend? And I believe we do have Chris in the studio with us. Chaz? Um, Xfinity? Um, sorry, I've been slacking on the racing for NASCAR this past weekend. Um, I got, I did catch glimpses of the Xfinity race. Um, it was great to see the number three up front. Um, Larry Mack, um, did a pretty good job. I would say right on the Right on the money for as far as uh, getting the three up to the front and keeping it up front. Yeah, I mean, I, if I had to grade his, if I had to grade his pit box performance for the first time in twenty-one years, I'd give him a solid, solid twelve out of ten. Uh, <laughs> he didn't bring the W, but uh, you know, as far as Jeffrey Earnhardt's career, that's definitely a win in his ta- in his book, and it was nice to see. It was nice to see an Earnhardt back behind the number three and um, behind the wheel of another uh, number three. And it was nice to see Larry, um, Mr. McMahon, Larry Mack on top of the pit box. 
I know Chris is listening in, so uh, we'll uh, hopefully he'll be able to chime in. I believe his is a six zero three area code. Not a hundred percent sure, but I'm I'm almost certain. I thought it was a good race. Like I said, um, I thought the triple overtime. I thought triple overtime was exciting. It was nice to see guys actually. Uh, no, I shouldn't say it was nice to see them run out of gas, but it was nice to see that there was guys that were able to save fuel, and there were guys that it dialed it in wrong. Uh, I was, uh, Miss Lee says, I was thrilled with Larry Mack. He did a great job. I, um, phenomenal job as far as I'm concerned. 21, jo- 21 years without being on a pit box is, um, and then to come back and do uh, the job that he did. And, of course, he credits a lot of it, and, and rightfully so. He credits a lot of it to the RCR team back at the shop and the guys on pit road. And, of course, Jeffrey Earnhardt behind the wheel. What did you think of Sunday's race, Taz. I thought it was pretty exciting. I was happy to see Mr. Chastain back in victory lane for his second win of the season. I unfortunately did not get to watch anything for Sunday's race, being that I was at Fonda. But uh, from what I heard, that my driver did not do very hot that day. (laughs) No. Um and I don't really think anybody was thinking Chastain for the win at Talladega. I had Chastain as a top pick, but probably not my first – obviously not wasn't my first choice. I would say it was probably like a third or fourth choice, but uh, he he's usually pretty good on the super speedway races. Yeah, no, just, he is. Lately, and- Lately, with how Chevys are in the cup side on these super speedway races, it's just hard to really pick a Chevy as a winner. Well, I think that I, I think that it's just hard to pick a, a decisive winner at Talladega. Uh, kudos, by the way. Let's let's go in reverse and give kudos, to Mr. CJ Sports, for picking the winner this week in our uh, in our fantasy picks. Kudos to him. Um, and nobody won Sundays. So, uh, but I'm going to tell you what, my prediction, if you're sleeping on Chastain and the track house team, shame, shame on you. I am working on something. Uh, hopefully you'll post it on Saturday. Excuse me, in the blog talk about Justin Marks. And uh, I, I was speaking to Miss Lee about it. Uh, as well as I put it in the, I believe I put it in the thread a few days ago, uh, just about Justin Marks and his, and and what makes him tick uh, from what I can find online. So I'm going to be working on that over the next couple of days, and hopefully I'll get it on, I'll, I'll record it and have it set for uh, Saturday, uh, Saturday afternoon before the, before the Xfinity race. So, uh, but yeah, no, I thought the I thought Sunday's race was good. I was not able to catch all of it as well. Uh, we have the uh, we have the grandbaby down, as well as uh, Miss Teresa's mom from New York. So uh, we were a little busy sightseeing and spending time with the grandbaby, but I did get to listen to some of it. I was I like Talladega as a whole. 
um, it, it gives a bit of excitement to uh, race. It definitely, as I said it last week, it's definitely a wild card race on the on the schedule. I don't care where you put it, and then you put it back to back with the dirt race, and by by God, it uh, it created some excitement for sure. So, uh, oh, before I forget, top of the hour, we're gonna have Mike Jackson, a Swagger family, Swagger, uh, Swagger Factory Apparel, uh, joining us, and he is also the owner of uh, Schaefer, one of the owners of Schaefer Racing, and the head guru at Team One H, uh, driven by Harry Schaefer and Zach Dufel. Uh From what I understand, and you'll cover this, I'm sure, at, uh, a little bit after nine when we're done with when we're done with Mike, but in your Fonda recap, I know that he didn't, uh, Harry didn't have the greatest of nights at Fonda uh, Sunday, but uh, hey, it is what it is. It's a long season at Fonda, and I'm sure that he'll rebound and do well. Um, so I'm looking forward to talking with Mike at the top of the hour. That would be 9 o'clock. Taz, do me a favor real quick, because you have a list of all the places that you can catch this show, Race Chat Live. Uh on streaming, if you're just tuning in late, shame on you, but we understand. <coughs> uh, I do know it's Spotify, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google, Google Podcasts, and there's a few more. Yep, we are we are on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, RSS feed, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, GeoSaven, Podcast Addict, Deezer, Podchaser. And you can also listen to us on YouTube. And thank you to our sponsors of Phoenix Fitness, uh, Bears, um, Bear Bowl Market Group. I'm sh- sure I said their name wrong, and if I did, I apologize. And Carolina Sports Plus for sponsoring Absolutely. the One Ten Nation Radio Network. Absolutely, Carolina. I I just. So I got to ask you, so Denny Hamlin, because uh, I just, I, I'm just a little bothered by this. So Denny Hamlin says, he busts out a tweet about um, the Asian woman who took a sharp right turn. And he's going to have to undergo sensitivity training, I'm guessing. Um that's what is he was told he was told by NASCAR he has to according to Bob Parkers. Right. Which is what I was getting at. He must complete sensitivity training. Here's what I call. Are you ready? I call BS and here's why. Oh okay, so he's gotta attend sensitivity training. Kyle Larson did that. Kyle Larson did it on an eye racing event. And he was suspended from NASCAR indefinitely. And, um, you know, and his indefinitely was the, the, the entire rest of the season. And he had to attend sensitivity training. All then he's got to do is attend sensitivity training. He's got to start it by the end of the week. I think... I think that uh, NASCAR is playing favorites with Mr. Hamlin because he's now a team owner. And pretty much I I think it's ridiculous. I think that he knows better. Uh somebody had said well they didn't think that 
Kyle Larson had a problem with it. Why don't you ask Bubba if he's got a problem with the N-word? I'm sure he does. Um, so I, I just think it's ridiculous, and I think NASCAR needs to do something about it. And if, I think if enough people tweet about it and complain about it, NASCAR will be forced to do something. And I really honestly think that Kyle Larson should complain. Um, you know, Miss Miss Lee says that uh, she calls BS as well. Larson lost his seat, and she was laughing at something. I don't remember what was said. But, Taz, what's your take on this entire Denny Hamlin, Asian woman uh, tweet? He should be suspended at least. I mean, if Larson had lost his right for his nonsense, then Hamlet should feel the same punishment too. So why do you think, besides he's a team owner, give me another reason why NASCAR wouldn't suspend Hamlet. Kissing butt. Oh, yeah. I... That's part of, I think, being a team owner. But the question was brought up a while back. Butt in general. Yeah. The, the question was also brought up months ago. It believe... helps bring in money. Yeah. Well, he's still going to bring in money because he's, uh, he's helping bring in sponsorship money from all over because of his partnership with Michael Jordan. So it's probably why. Whereas Larson brought in nothing. Yeah. Oh, that, that's kind of what I was getting at. He's a, he's a money, he's a money. Uh, I don't want to say a money pit because that's a bad, but he's a money maker. He's a money maker. I think that. Uh, I honestly think NASCAR should seriously, seriously look into this and uh, do something about it. Uh, yeah, I agree, Miss Lee. I, I I tend to agree. It was a meme. She says so. They aren't taking it as seriously. Will be NASCAR's excuse. Sparta uh, will so, be. So so there. Uh, note to anybody listening to this: If you want to kill, still keep your ride and come off with racial slurs, just create a meme. Apparently, apparently, if you create a meme, it's going to get you by. Um, I'm still in shock, and I guess I am, but I'm not, um, about track house racing and how they are just, when you thought of track house racing in 2021, you said, yeah, well, they're an also ran, they're a field filler. Um, and now they, in my eyes, I was listening to something going to work the other morning, the morning drive, and I don't remember who it was, and he said that he's he's not ready to call Ross Chastain a title contender. Uh, dude, if he's in the top 16, he's in two wins, he's seated like seventh right now. I think that he could be considered He's definitely a contender. Whether or not he's a threat yet, 
that remains to be seen think, as we get to I the put, first, I first half con- of the season. I would definitely put contender, like you just said. I'm sorry to cut you off there, but I would definitely put contender. No, I would right. put threat. No, I wouldn't put threat yet. Now, if he pops off another two wins, uh, if he pops off if another he... two wins, NASCAR is going to definitely take a look at this team, and they're definitely going to take this car back to to the R and D center. Um, well, they got to get pulse, they got to get pulse race inspected, anyways. Right, but I think they'll end up. They may take it back just. Um, um, I think they'll take it back and just tear it apart because they're going to want to know why. And uh, Chris just said this in, in the chat. Uh, why does the creator of Family Guy keep his job but should hold DH to the same standard as Larson using the N-word? I- I guess first off, but I don't see. I guess in the sense where Family Guy was more for comedy, I guess you can say because obviously a comedian, you know, writes these things. But for, I mean, Larson said his as a joke, but it was taken to a different level. Hamlin is kind of in that same boat as Larson, so I guess TV, I guess more of like purpose TV is different. I guess, I don't know. It, kind of hard to well, really explain. I look at it like this. If you're going to do it to one, you do it across the board. You do it evenly. Because now you've got the now you've got the perception of now now you've got the perception of so and so can do it and it's wrong, but Jenny Hamlin does it and he's a car owner. I agree, Lee. Um as a car owner, he's held to a different standard. He doesn't have to apply the um same, what's the word I want? The same standards aren't applied to Denny Hamlin because he's now a car owner. Um, Chris said, I think it's on the same level as Kyle Bush saying the R word. Uh, and Chris says it's not comparable. I'm curious to, to hear Chris's thoughts on why it's not comparable. Uh, Miss Lee said about track house, I think we all want to know how track house is turning out to be a serious contender versus the big name teams. Because easy, I, easy. They got some nasty equipment, and they're taking full advantage of it. <clears throat> but they don't really, because these cars were. Was Ganassi really going to spend all this money to develop these cars last year when he knew he was leaving? Why would he? No, what I'm getting, what I'm getting at is, he knew is that Ganassi knew what he was leaving behind. But I'm sure he, when it when it came to a price, Marks and Pitbull knew it came at a price. Obviously, Marks may have some money behind him, but I'm sure Pitbull had the rest of it. However, whatever equipment Ganassi had, I'm sure, and plus with the, the equality, 
of these cars, it's benefiting Trackhouse in a sense. And we all knew the equipment that Ganassi kind of had when you had Larson in that seat. So I think Ganassi just had the equipment. It was just a matter of putting a driver behind it. That could very well be. I'm looking up to see how much uh, um, ownership stake that Pitbull has in the car. I mean, it doesn't matter. If he's putting his name to it, he's going to um, he's definitely going to make sure that I can't find it real. I can't find it as quick as I wanted it. Um, Hopefully Chris knows the answer. Um, I think that I think it'll be interesting to see exactly what happens out of this whole Denny Hamlin thing. And I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it. I am waiting for Chris to to, uh, pipe in with his thoughts. He was at Talladega this past weekend, so he is – it was a family vacation weekend, so he is uh, actually off tonight recovering uh, from the weekend, which I can totally – I can totally understand. All right, we're coming up at 821. We're coming up, uh, and I kind of want to keep on – I kind of want to keep on the itinerary, if you will. Uh, we're still talking about Talladega. we got about nine minutes left of that, and then we're going to talk about news, rumors, reports. We kind of did that already. I got a rumor, though, that uh, Taz, you didn't hear nothing about, but if you listen to satellite radio all day, and then it's serious. It's a pretty, it's a pretty serious rumor. Um and that's Kyle Bush. So we're going to talk about that at the bottom of the hour. And then we're going to do black flags, checkered flags. Um, I've got my black flag. i got my checkered flag all figured out. Um, what else do you got going on, Mr. Taz, from up in New York? How is the weather up there, by the way? We actually got some nice weather. Um, we did have... Thursday was a little rainy. Saturday was a small chance of rain, depending on where you were in the New York area. Um, but for the most part, we're getting some nice nice weather for a change. Well, that's good. That's good. Which um, definitely, since we can get racing up here now. Yeah, well, yeah, I know that makes you happy. I know that makes you happy. He had the net, uh, according to the lead, Justin Marks did have the net worth, net worth to start his own team. Marks put up much of his own money to get the team off the ground. His net worth is estimated at about $7 million. Um, Marks easily had the funds to start Trackhouse. The NASCAR driver turned entrepreneur owns GoPro Motorplex near Charlotte. His family foundation used investment capital to fund the 50% of the team's operational budget for the first year. Um, However, he was still looking for sponsorship help to fund the entire team. 2021 Pitbull stepped up to the plate, the Grammy award-winning entertainer known as Mr. Worldwide, said Mark's team president Ty Norris and Daniel Suarez. uh, Migo, the team's first driver, welcomed him with open arms. So, uh, Trackhouse is definitely becoming a powerhouse. They are actually talking about expanding the three cars. I did hear that today. 
he's looking for a charter that's going to become available. Um, why would they expand so quickly? Why not? I want, well, well, hold on, hold on. What's the timeline they're thinking of expanding? 2023. Why so quick? I mean, I can understand. I don't know. I would feel like. I would feel like go with the two-car tandem for another year, then expand to a third. If you want a third car for your team, go down to Xfinity. Develop a driver. Well, they may have a driver available. And we're going to talk more about that in about eight minutes. But, uh, you know, if he's looking at putting a third team together, I would think now would be the perfect time to do it if he can get a charter. And here's why I think that. The car is fairly new. Um, the car is fairly new. So the money is there, as Chris says. Why not? If the charter is available and you can get your hands on a quality driver. I mean, really, if you think about it, Ross Chastain was a, was an unproven driver being put into a NASCAR uh, Cup Series car. Here the man rolls off two wins in four weeks. So you got to strike while the iron's hot. Um, you know, as Chris says, money starts rolling in, you got to cash in while you're hot. And right now, I just looked at the NASCAR rankings for this week on NASCAR.com, and Ross Chastain, I believe, is ranked number two, if I remember right. So uh, now I want to hear what you got to say. Why, why you don't think it's a good idea? I would – Reason why I said, reason why I say that they should not expand next year is because keep it at a two-car tandem and build upon those two cars. Um, see if you get the same success the next year, because now you want to look at it like I would look at it from a Hendrick perspective. He hired Kyle Larson last year, right? And he kept them for another, obviously it's a multi-year extension he got. But in Larson's second year, Larson hasn't been the top threatening guy that we saw at this time last year. So where I'm going with this is that don't throw all your eggs into the basket. Like, see what you've got to play. Like, build up what you have. Save some of that. And then when you believe that your your team is good with what you have, then expand on it. That way there, your third car is already swinging out of the gate. Or if they want a third car, go down to Xfinity and develop a driver. Start trying to build your franchise a bit. All right, so out of the Xfinity drivers, which one? Because you know Ty Gibbs, when it's time, he's going to his grandpa. You know he's still going to be sucking on grandpa's bottle. So not counting Ty Gibbs, who do you put in? Because as Miss Lee just Easy. said. Easy. Okay. You put in, you put in, you have Daniel Suarez. And you have Ross Chastain, right? Guys who always struggled for, well, 
Suarez, you can't really say always struggled for sponsorship per se. Chastain kind of did for a while. But now that they're getting success, sponsorship's starting to pour in. So if you want to follow driver, hardworking drivers that lead that you, that you know are successful and when they're given the golden opportunity, they're going to take advantage of it. One driver that comes to mind for it that can really take off is Brett Moffitt. Okay. The twenty the twenty no, not twenty sixteen. Um shoot. Trying to think one year what year he won it. Yeah, I think it was twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen won the championship. The next year, for the longest time, he had and then he was cut off from his ride. And then, yeah, he went with GMS, but GMS, once he went to, like, that four-truck tandem, it was kind of downhill for them. While they were successful, it was kind of not very successful as we had seen them before. Yeah, it was it was 2018 that Moffitt won the truck championship. It was 2018. I don't know. I look at it both ways. Striking while the iron hot is the iron's hot is good. Uh, I, I do like your point of maybe Xfinity and developing, you know, a driver to come up to Cup. I don't know who all is in there. I, I do know. I believe it's Cole Custer is in his uh, or not? Yeah, maybe it's Custer. One of the Coles is in. It's his contract year. Um, so if it's not wrapped up by their respective teams, you got them already in cup. You possibly got, and we can talk about it now, news rumors, black flags, um, but we'll finish this and then I'll go into that. You possibly could have um, Kyle Bush looking for a ride if Joe Gibbs can't find sponsorship. Uh, I don't really think Gibbs is going to have that hard of a problem finding sponsorship for Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch doesn't even want to talk about it. I was listening to an interview. He did a roundtable with some uh, reporters, and he was getting aggravated by it, but he essentially essentially said this, and this is what I got out of it. I got people that handle this stuff. They'll tell me, uh, they, he was asked, I believe it was by Claire B. Lang, about how close they thought a deal was. He says, I don't know. You'll have to ask Mr. Gibbs. You'll have to ask Joe Gibbs. Um, so, I mean, there you go. That's, you know, news and rumors. I mean, you could have one of the most controversial drivers besides Bubba Wallace be out of a ride at the end of 2022 if they don't find find sponsorship. Now, I'm sure, as I said, I don't think they're going to have an issue. Interstate Batteries is on for uh, usually good for six, seven races. Sports Clips, Sport Clips is usually on for six or seven, um, uh, and I'm sure he could talk to some of his Xfinity sponsors as well besides Sports Clips and see if they can't get maybe GameStop and see if they can't get him on if they wouldn't mind upping their sponsorship. I don't even think but, GameStop sponsors, Phil. 
got I think GameStop got out of the game of it. They may have. Um which means I just you know, misspoke. But I don't I mean, I don't know where his truck sponsorship what kind of money they've got invested, not only into him, but what they even invest into a cup sponsorship. Do they even have it on top of a truck sponsorship? It may be a stretch. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how it, uh, it's, it'll be interesting to see how it, how it pans out. And I mean, GameStop, may not even sponsor anymore, and I may have misspoke. And if I did, I did. Hey, it happens. Um, if, that's a, if that upsets you, well, then, hey, accidents happen. Um, Kyle Chris just said Kyle. Motorsports. I... Right, but here's – yeah, and he said that earlier, but here is the thing I have. If Kyle if, – if, and I thought about this. Kyle Busch drove for Hendrick Motorsports in the past. Junior Motorsports is aligned with Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, so, no, I can't. I, I couldn't see it. It I'm, would. I could not see it because it would. It may ruin the Toyota development. That once you get out of Arca, it starts with Kyle Busch. And Kyle Busch developed Finity and Cup Series. Yeah, I just, I have to wonder, and not only that, but I have to wonder with Junior Motorsports and Hendrick having the alliance that they have, um, how that would play into a decision-making process. So... I'm not following your comments, Chris. So, but, you know, it's not Kyle's job to find sponsorship. You're right, but it is. He's going to have to. We all know that sponsorship dollars are hard to come by now. He has to bring in some money, but if he's driving for somebody else, if he's driving somebody else's car, he... I don't think he has primary primary deal to get the sponsorship, but he's he does have to help bring in money. But as right. far as his truck team, he does have primary responsibility for it. So, I mean, I think that, uh, and I agree. I think that Toyota Toyota ties are too tight, and they're not going to uh, they're not going to want to see him go. Uh, I don't Chris said then him and his team can go get manufacturer sponsorship from Chevy I don't necessarily know if I mean they'll do it somewhat I think but I don't think they're going to foot the whole 26 million dollar bill for the season I know contract driver salaries are up in the air are being talked about a lot again that I've heard on I've heard on uh, through the channels and on Twitter, and I don't know. I used to like it when they would post the, what the drivers won for the weekend and things like that, but they don't do that anymore. 
in your local newspaper. Do you remember that, well, Chad? Thank you. First, oh, I'm going to go off Christmas time. Chevy would love to have the talent. Pull. Okay, well, they would, but they're going to run into a problem because if Toyota, if Toyota, they're they're going to have two, three cars that are basically going to they're basically going to be unavailable within the next, I would say, five years, depending on how long Hamlin will go and how long Truex will go. And we already know where Kyle Busch's head is pretty much at at this point. So you have to bring up drivers. You have to bring – you either have to convert drivers from the Cup Series or you have to develop – you have to bring up your development drivers. I agree. Kyle has to be one of the highest paid drivers. Can open up some worms. <laughs> he probably is the highest paid driver over at Gibbs. Oh, I'm... yeah, I'm here. Sorry, I'm to... sorry, I I had myself on mute. Oh, so yeah, he is... some of your comments. <laughs> so yeah, he I'm sure he is one of the biggest paid, one of the highest paid drivers. That's my fault. I had myself on mute. I'm trying to eat dinner and and do the show at the same time. Um, but let's talk checkered flag, black flag. Because I'm sure that by the time Chris Chris chimes in uh, and Miss Lee, that that'll fill up the next 20 minutes. Let's talk about uh, checkered flag, black flags, black flag. I'm going to give the NASCAR on um, their whole handling of this Denny Hamlin thing. Um, checkered flag, you got to go to you got to to me, you got to go to Ross Chastain and Trackhouse Racing. I mean, that's just the way that uh, I look at it. I'm interested to know what everybody else thinks. That wouldn't be a – that's not a bad one at all. Okay, so let's hear yours. Well, my checker flag and black flag is nothing NASCAR related. I'm throwing it out there now. My black flag for the weekend, honestly – um, they're also going to fall on the checker flag part as well. Uh, is the black flag is going to fall, unfortunately, on Defonda Speedway because during hot laps, it, even with all the crappy rain and snow that could bring so much moisture to that dirt, it was dusty to the point that you could you, you were eating it. I mean, if you're if you're a normal, normal if you're a normal fan and are used to dirt track racing, that's come. That's kind of you're used to that pretty much, but if you were a first, if you go to went to a dirt track for the first time and you had that, you you would have second thoughts and never going back. Right. So why do you think that was? I'm why do you think not it was so sure. Dusty? I'm trying to work because I mean there was a couple people out 
I mean, I had a couple of my friends around me, and we were all trying to figure out. We all figured that, you know, with as much rain and moisture that came about throughout the week that the track may have gotten enough, and we were just shocked that it was just dusty to just start out as. So what is your checkered flag? That wasn't – or okay, my checkered flag – also goes out to Fonda because they recovered quickly is because um, they did work on the track. They put more water down and less dust came about to where, I mean, it was just normal dust. Like you weren't really, you weren't really eating it, but you knew it was flying around. So it was good recovery for them. And my other checker flag, I hope somebody from the Connecticut area is listening in, goes out to Stafford Motor Speedway because they had one heck of a spring sizzler weekend. And their for, their format for that race was spectacular. And, of course, the winner of the race got to uh, will get to pilot an SRX car when the series uh, visits Stafford. And the winner of that goes out to money, big money Matt Hirschman. But uh, – Sizzler, what a race. They, i not sure how many cars they put, put in total for the for the Open Modified, but uh format was great. I mean, you set up heat races that ended up setting, settling uh, the dual race lineups, and the duels actually determined the lineups for not only the feature event, but also the uh, last chance qualifier races. And what was great about this, too, is that the duels actually paid out money like it was a feature race. So that I honestly think Stafford put on one heck of a spring sizzler weekend, and I hope they keep that formula. All right. I'm getting to Chris's checkered flag. His checkered flag goes to the fans at Talladega because they're always the they are the best as always, and my black flag goes to thank you. My black flag goes to Bubba Wallace for booing him at his home track. Um, yeah, I think that's disrespectful on uh, you know at his home track. But do you expect anything less? From from um, the fans booing Bubba Wallace for all the stuff that he has, you know, seemingly put them through for the last three seasons as far as, uh, you know, the Confederate flag and the the thing with the noose at his garage stall and at Talladega. So I, I kind of... Yeah, they cheered his head on collision, which was totally, totally uncalled for. I did forget about that, Chris. Um, that's that's definitely that's definitely uncalled for. And if that was your favorite driver, but that's a human being for crying out loud. How how could you do that? But that shows the mentality of said people in the stands. Um. They're ignorant, plain and simple. I don't have a, I don't have another word for it. They're ignorant, and but they paid a ticket like everybody else did. 
so they can do what they want. Uh, it's just wrong. Um, Lee said her checker flag is Jeffrey Earnhardt and the Larry Mack pairing. She believes that was the highlight of the weekend, in her opinion. Um, she goes on to say Bubba is a punk, plain and simple. Uh, and she said she doesn't have a black flag, but agrees with me and my NASCAR comment as far as it goes to Denny Hamlin. And we don't know about CJ because he's not joining us. But uh, I don't know. I think NASCAR fans are the they're the most passionate fans I think of any sport, um, racing fans in general. But to stoop to the level of booing or cheering a man's head-on collision. A new low. Taz, your thoughts? Uh, NASCAR fans, you're always going to have the toxic ones, and you're always going to have the passionate ones regardless. So you're going to have ones that are passionate about everything. Um. Passionate will stay around regardless, and the ones that are vocal and are toxic, well, they're gonna—they're just gonna be there to be there to cause trouble. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I agree. Whenever I see any any crash, I don't care if it's a driver I like, a driver I don't like, I cringe. And the first thing I say is, "Thank God for the safety of these in these race cars because they're able to walk away." Coming home from work today, I've seen two multi-car accidents. And on I-75, and they were both able to walk away. I don't know how anybody can cheer a driver hitting head-on at a wall going 180-plus miles an hour. I don't care if you like the guy or not. It's just wrong. And you have some serious issues with yourself, and you probably should go get checked out. And those are the type of fans that I don't want in that car. I want you to be passionate, but when somebody gets hurt, I don't Rex. Celebrate, you know, celebrate the fact that they didn't get hurt, that they didn't get killed, not necessarily the fact that they got in the car accident. So, um, no, Chris, I did not see the rear ends break in those crashed cars. Front end collisions are so powerful at Talladega that it's snapping the rear ends and possibly the transaxles as well. Yeah, a couple of transaxles broke this weekend. From what Chris was saying in our chat Saturday, I believe it was the 14th. Somebody else, I can't remember who it was. Taz, do you remember? What was this? A couple of transactions broke, and Chris was talking about it in the chat. Do you remember who they were? Uh, it was, I don't honestly. It was the 17. It was the 17 and somebody else. I believe it, I thought it was the 14, but but I may be wrong. Okay, yeah, so it was the 14. Okay, so it was the 14. So NASCAR has got to look and see what's causing that problem. And I'm sure they will, and I'm sure they'll look into it. 
Um, I know this weekend we head to Dover, so the speeds will be a lot less. Um, the racing will be, I'm sure, just as action-packed at Dover as it has been, except for um, Richmond and, uh, what was it, Martinsville that was boring? Yeah, those two races were. Those two races were boring. Um, again, while we're while we're on the subject of this, let's talk uh, championship odds because I'm I'm curious to know. So on NASCAR.com, they have a poll up. Um, will Larson be NASCAR champion again in 2022? What do you think? There. What do you think the uh, percentage rate is, guys? Uh, Taz, I would. Without he's been going, I know he has a win already. I would say his chances are probably for right now. I would probably probably say I'm, it's going to be a low number. But I'm going to say 10%, but if he can win more races, I would increase that number. But when you're in a system that basically, um, when you're in a system that basically gets where wins are more credited than anything else, at this moment in time, I would say 10% for him. All right. Well, according to the NASCAR.com poll, Will Larson be NASCAR champion again in 2022, 55% said yes, 45% said no. I was one of the ones that said I'll be that 45% gladly. Um, Just real quick. uh, I just think that, I think that his, his, um, his competition is going to be a lot, uh, is a lot more than uh, he actually that he actually wants to admit. I think that they've got to find something at Hendrick to get him back on the roll that he was on. Um, just interesting thoughts. Bubba Wallace's chances is 150 to one. Uh, Eric Jones is 150 to one. He ran pretty good Sunday too. If he would have been able to win, uh, that would have been that would have been Penske's. Um, or I'm sorry, Petty. Uh, yeah, Petty's two. Was it Petty? I don't remember. Sorry, I, I totally lost my train of thought. Totally lost my train of thought there. Uh, Kislowski is 80 to one. Uh, Amarola is eighty to one. Amigo is sixty-six to one. Austin Dillon sixty-six to one. Kurt Busch fifty to one. Uh, I'm interested to see where they. Kevin Harvick in this picture looks studious in his glasses. He is twenty-two to one. Um, Tyler Reddick sixteen to one odds. Ross Chastain is a fourteen to one odds to win the championship. So is Alex Bowman. Uh, Truex is 12 to 1. Hamlin is 12 to 1. Logano is 8 to 1. So is the Candyman at 8 to 1. Ryan Blaney is 8 to 1. William Byron is 7 to 1. So 
I don't see him repeating either this year. Uh, Lisa, Miss Lee says she's a Larson fan, but she doesn't see him repeating this year. Or no, that was who said that? Taz. No, that was Lee. No. Um, what's that? No, that was Miss Lee that said a Larson fan. I'm yeah. a Larson fan too, but I don't see him repeating either. Yeah, I don't either. He's he's gonna be. I would say, let this year be your off year. I mean, I think Larson will get a, a couple more wins, but I don't see championship written on him right now. Like, unless he pulls something out of that hat late in the regular season here, I can't put him as championship favorite um, for right now. If I were to point championship favorites, um, I could see maybe William Byron for for early stages, I would say maybe William Byron. Um, you could throw in Alex Bowman if you want to throw in consistency. Um, you can throw maybe throw Ross Chastain, but I'm I don't want to put him in there. Chase Elliott obviously has the most point, the most points of winless drivers, but at this moment of time. It's hard to really pinpoint who the real championship contenders are. Or threat. Yeah. I think with this new car, anybody that's got a win so far is a threat. Um, you just got to finish ahead of the rest of them. Coming up in about five minutes, Mike Jackson from Team 1H and Schaefer Racing is going to be joining us. I'm talking about his 2020, their 2022 season, now fielding four, two cars, one of ha- handsome, happy Harry Schaefer and um, the other one of Zach Dufel. So uh, we're going to be excited to talk to him in about four or five minutes. Y'all are going to want to start putting your picks together. We're going to cover that around 9.30 when we do the fan question. As I said, this week we're going to Dover. Chris, if you would be so kind as to reshare the um, reshare the question this week uh, in the group chat, that would be greatly appreciated. Uh, Want to thank Lee and Chris for joining us um, in the group chat and expressing their opinions. Chris was at Talladega this past weekend. If you if you're friends with Chris on Facebook, obviously you've seen his photos. Maybe we can get Chris to share some of them on the Race Chat Live page of what y'all missed uh, race-wise at Talladega this past weekend. And I swear to God, one of these years, I'm going to get to Talladega. Went to Daytona this year, and that was a heck of an experience. Uh, this year uh, was was an experience, and I definitely want to go to uh, Talladega. Uh, either this year or next year for probably the fall race, probably the fall race. Uh, But if you would, Chris, share that. Chris said that's the best time money can buy over there at Talladega race. And the campground is phenomenal. We're still waiting for Mike Jackson to call in. Um, 
He said it's more than a race. It's Talladega, baby. Um, so, Kaz, while we're waiting for him to go, um, while we're waiting for Mike Jackson to join us in studio, you want to talk about uh, Fonda and all the things Northeast Racing related? Oh, let's see. Fonda ran this past, not Saturday, but Sunday. And we'll do a quick highlight reel for the short, for the Fonda Speedway Modified. $12,000 on the line for the winner. 40 laps of distance. Green flag in the air. Stuart Friesen and Matt DiLorenzo lead the field off. Turn number two. Down the back straightaway. Three wide with Dave Constantino, Shepard, and one other car towards the back. It looks like Rocky Warner. And they all charging off turn four. It's going to be Stuart Friesen leading lap one. But here's DiLorenzo on the outside looking to take the lead away from Stewie. As everyone motors down the back straightaway off turn number two. Stuart Friesen, DiLorenzo side by side into three and four. DiLorenzo on the outside. Friesen down low off turn four. Leading lap number two is going to be Matt DiLorenzo at the line. Move ahead to six laps complete. DiLorenzo and Stuart Friesen still side by side. They've been battling at this in the opening laps. DiLorenzo still holding strong on the outside. Friesen trying to find a way around on the inside. They're, they're approaching lap traffic in turns one and two. Friesen door-to-door with DiLorenzo. Drag race down the back straightaway. Pestilano slow on the back straightaway. But he'll pull off. But that was enough for Stuart Friesen to get by for the lead. He'll open up about a four-car length lead. And in turn number four, Adam McAuliffe breaks and pulls into the turn four, pulls into the infield on turn number four, but doesn't clear the racing surface, so a yellow flag comes out. Restart with DiLorenzo and Stuart Friesen. Once again, Maresca behind them with Jessica Friesen, Rocky Warner, Matt Shepard behind them to round out your top six. Rocky Warner to the inside of Maresca down the back straightaway, but in front of them, it's a battle for the lead. DiLorenzo door-to-door with Friesen side-by-side. DiLorenzo on the inside. Stuart Friesen gets around on the outside. He'll lead lap number eight. Move a forward to 14 laps complete. Shepard to the inside of DiLorenzo looking to pick up another spot. As he gets by him, he'll move up to third. Rocky Warner's in second. Maresca behind DiLorenzo sitting in fifth. Shepard looking to the inside in turn three and four, trying to get around Rocky Warner. Warner in the JS98 machine trying to run down Stuart Friesen. Move ahead to 11 laps to go. Rocky Warner on the outside trying to run down DiLorenzo for the second spot. Is it going to turn one and two? But Rocky Warner smacks the wall in turn number one. With 10 to go, that'll bring out the yellow. Tough break for Rocky Warner. He was a top three car all night. Green flags back out with 10 laps to go. Stuart Friesen on the inside. Shepard on the outside. As they go into turns one and two, Shepard quickly gets to the bottom to shut the door Maresca, but Maresca takes advantage on the inside of Shepard. Bobbles in turn number two. Down the back straightaway. Friesen opens up about a four-car length lead over Shepard. And Maresca, Shepard gets by Maresca down the back straightaway. Maresca is going to try to throw some on the outside in turn number four. Shepard gets a better run on the inside and now tries to set sail to get the 44 Hallmar International of Stuart Friesen. Meanwhile, further back, Jessica Friesen to the inside of Maresca looking for third as he hit down the front straightaway. Maresca 
will have the spot by half a car as they go into turns one and two. Maresca pulls away from Jessica by about two car lengths as they head down the back straightaway. And meanwhile, Friesen comes off turn four with the white flag. Final time in the turns one and two. Friesen up front all race long had a send off a challenge from Matt DiLorenzo in the opening laps. And he's faced all comers on the restarts. And the turn three and four for the final time, $12,000 Jack Johnson Memorial Payday winner goes to the 44 Stuart Friesen, followed by Matt Shepard and Mike Maresca as your podium finishers. Other winners on the night quickly before we get our guest uh, in the studio here. And for the uh, Crate 602 Sportsman, it was Chad Edwards picking up the win. Uh, Algonquin Motel Pro Stocks, Nick Stone with the win. In the Montgomery County Office for Aging Limited Sportsman, it was Kyle Dingman. And then for the Fonda Fair four-cylinders, John Nebley took the overall feature win, but was the dual overhead cam feature winner. And then the single overhead cam winner was Ken Hollenbeck. All right. Well, that was good, Taz. I enjoyed that, as always. I'm glad they're back for the year. Why don't we invite Mike Jackson into the studio? It is not the Mike Jackson that we all we all uh, loved his music or hated his music. Mikey, how are you, buddy? Hey guys, how you doing tonight? Good, good. So, uh, how's life treating you up there? Uh, I boy, it feels cold tonight. I, it's, it's cold and rainy. It doesn't feel like spring and and how it felt at the racetrack on Sunday, but. No, I've seen Harry's post, by the way. Uh, he said that he Which one? The, rest of the, the one about the fan motor, fan blade. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, Sunday night was rough. It was a rough opening night for the for the whole team. So, Mike Jackson is the uh, team guru. Uh, he's the all-around crew chief, you name it, social media uh Man, he is he is the owner of Swagger Factory Apparel. Mike, tell us about Swagger Factory. We're going to talk about Harry and Zach, and uh, I doubt either one of them are with you. But uh, tell us how Swagger Factory got their start, what it is, and what you guys are up to now. I uh, well, first off, yes, those guys are not with me. Uh, my my. Uh, Brother Harry is working tonight, and, and I have no idea what Zach is up to, but uh, hopefully listening. But uh, Swagger Factory. So, um, you know, I should practice this because I know I'm long-winded, but uh, essentially uh, we we nicknamed the old uh, sign action production sign shop that, that uh, was in Amsterdam. We, we nicknamed it Mike Jackson Swagger Factory, and uh, we – uh, you know, I, I have been uh, in the past. I've been a dealer for a few different fire suit and racing apparel companies, and uh, you know, we had good luck with them. And my my issue always came back to uh, being able to uh, get my hands as a, as a regular weekend warrior, get my hands on on good safety equipment that looked nice and that functioned properly and that, you know, could, you know, have present a presentable image for local race teams that have these mom and pop sponsors. So I set out to find uh, tailors and embroiderers and uh, 
um, good suppliers of, of DuPont Nomac uh, along with some of our other uh, actual materials and to build a new product and that's what we did. So I started Swagger Factory Apparel and uh, you know we, we have this, this SF logo that I think locally is getting confused with uh, Stuart Friesen's SF trademark <laughs> but um, you know, we're, we're building a lot of suits uh, shoes, gloves, um, also undergarments and crew uniforms now for what started off as just being local to we're, we're supplying guys all over the country now uh, with really high quality, affordable uh, racing apparel. So, um, what so what kind of boomed for you, for you in a sense like how how long did it take for your name to really get out there with the swagger factory and such well, I don't know if it's completely out there yet uh we're you know i we do a lot of um grassroots um kind of ground driven social media marketing and and really word of mouth um it's cool for me being able to have the perspective of on a, a night at the racetrack. Now I'm not thrashing on uh, my own equipment and trying to, trying to play race car driver, but Sunday night at Fonda Speedway for the opener to look up and down pit road. And there was an awful lot of my suits. And I, you know, I've, I've had a, a few competitors reach out to me about our growing market share. And it's really just been, peer-to-peer, racer-to-racer, um, the the suits that we designed are really uh, built with the uh, a race car driver in mind. We don't want you to think about the suit uh, when you're in the car. We want it to be the last thing you think of. So we don't want to bunch it up in places in the seat where it's uncomfortable for you, and there's nothing like a custom-tailored suit, whether you're in a boardroom or whether you're in a race car. So... Uh, you know, at, the, at this point, we're we're growing, we're growing fast, but I don't even know if the name's really out there yet. So, uh, you know, our social media presence, you know, we only have like 2,500 followers, uh, but I I do know when you walk down uh, pit road at, at Fonda Speedway or Glenridge or even Albany Saratoga, there's an awful lot of SF logos on on the crew shirts and. Uh, on all the driver suits, which is really cool for me to see. No, absolutely, and I apologize. I, I inadvertently hung up, so I'd hurry up and call back. Uh, I was trying to unmute oh. myself. So, thanks, Taz. Um, if what is an av- what's the average turnaround time when, let's say, I order a suit, and what's the average turnaround time after you get measurements and What's the generalized cost, obviously? Uh, well, turnaround time, this is uh, – when, when you get into uh, early spring, which is the, the – most racers are procrastinators, so they wait until uh, into February, early March, it, not knowing that the race season starts every year at the beginning of April. <laughs> so we're super busy right now. Um, and right now our lead time is is right around 
five to six weeks. We're seeing a couple seven-week lead times, uh, which I hate because I, I want to turn things around quicker. But any other time of year, well, once we get through this boom, when we are talking about orders that go in uh, in May through really the re remainder uh, all the way up until January, we're at three to four weeks sometimes uh, to turn suits out. So uh, we have we have relatively quick turn times. And uh, as far as costs go, we we right now are custom tailored um, fire suits really only. So we we don't have any stock fire suits. I plan on us having a um, an inventory of stock suits for folks because. And, you know, it's it's not always affordable for somebody to spend money on a, a custom tailored, you know, custom embroidered and designed suit. But with that said, when it comes to quality, you can be in a Swagger Factory suit right now. And unfortunately, we're looking at price increases along with everybody else in the world. But uh, you can order a Swagger Factory suit for eight ninety nine, uh, and nice. that's all in. That's that's tax included depending on where you are. If you're in New York, that's that's with your tax included in that price. So for eight ninety nine, you can get a custom tailored, custom design, uh, two layer, and we have other options. You can go you can go three layer, um, especially for our drag racing friends. Uh, but but it's a it's a two layer SFI certified suit. Uh, that price includes. Uh, basically a 360 degree uh, custom knit shoulder so you got plenty of movement and rotation a stretch panel in the back we also have uh, uh, stretch pieces in the legs and in the arms that's important for movement in the car and it's really important for our customers and uh, also from the guy that owns the company who get bigger during race season going out to eat after the races so uh, you can keep your custom tailor suit fitting. Uh, yeah, because you got to uh, go to Winter Circle or you got to go to the Miss Johnstown Diner afterwards. Uh, well, unfortunately, Winter Circle's not an option after the races anymore, which is a real bummer for me. But, uh, you know, I got my fingers crossed that that might change. But, but yeah, absolutely. So uh, it doesn't matter if it's McDonald's or if it's, it's uh, your old lady's home cooking. You are going to probably put a little weight on. Or if you're a bigger guy, uh my brother Harry's a prime example. His forearms grow about two inches uh, every race season. Um, mine did the same <laughs> uh, when I was racing. So the suit all of a sudden gets tight around, uh, you know, just just above where your glove sits, and it gets uncomfortable. So, so we build a lot of those driver comforts in. Also, a boot cut uh, leg to go over your shoe. Uh, it's really just a, a, a high quality affordable suit because when you're looking at some of the major retailers uh, around the country, you know, that you're not touching one of those suits with those options for any less than $1,300 or $1,400. Uh, some of the major um, national retailers, I, I don't want to mention any names, but, but the ones that you're seeing when you're watching the cup races, uh, those are, those are 2,100 to $2,600 suits all day long with those options. So, um, you know, we're not the wish version of those suits, but we are an affordable, very affordable option and a high quality option. And that's what I wanted to provide being a racer myself because I always wanted that. Uh, and I know it's important to a lot of sponsors and drivers to look good. 
Taz Taylor. Now, You're on deck, you, brother. Now, how do you balance being a racer and a business owner and try to make it all work? Uh, that's a, that's an awesome question. Uh, how do I? Um, it used to be a lot easier than it is now. I can tell you Sunday night uh, I was playing uh, business owner and uh, crew chief for, for two drivers in a single car on opening night of the season, which is always nerve-wracking, and also trying to help out a, a, a few other pals and, and one guy who – purchased the carburetor from us he he was having trouble so i was trying to make sure he was going well too and uh how do you balance it i didn't i did a really crap job and uh that on top of that on top of having some engine issues and some other things um it's very very difficult um but it's also when you've grown up around the sport the some of the most fun times are the most hectic ones at the racetrack so all i worry about is making sure our customers are taken care of and uh you know if, if there's constantly somebody stopping in the pits to talk about hey you know the just just saturday night um we we custom design our shoe um the the, the driver's shoe that we produce um I, I had an opportunity to name the shoe and i figured if uh you know i wanted to name the shoe after my big brother uh so it's called the hh1 uh, and, uh, I mean, if you can't name it after your idol, uh, I imagine it's, you know, he's not Michael Jordan, but, uh, our race shoes are, are custom made to, again, have the driver not have to worry about what's on your foot and keep you safe. Um, we got a, a ton of guys that are wearing the shoes, but on, uh, on Sunday night at the racetrack, I had two different drivers come into the pits and say, Hey, uh, the the Velcro on the lace covers stretches out too far because our foot's too wide. Uh, so that to me is not a complaint. That's the type of feedback that we're going to go back and we're going to change our product. So uh, we want to, I mean, just just over the last 48 hours, I've been in touch with um the the tailors that build our shoes and the company that builds uh, actually manufactures the rubber sole of the shoes to uh have one of the first wide racer shoes in the industry um because a lot of the saturday night guys are blue collar guys they don't have dainty feet um they need a wide shoe so uh, so the balance is very difficult but uh, it's absolutely essential to having a good product and trying to provide some decent customer service to people. So it's it's hectic. Race nights are super hectic. I don't have a whole lot of time for hanging out and having a great time uh, just talking and, and laughing with the guys, but uh, it's, it's certainly worth it. Now, before we go much further, I want to I want to give a huge shout out to uh, two women who are crucial in in Team 1H and Schaefer Racing. And that would be your lovely wife, Alice. And Goofball, I mean your brother, Harry. His wonderful wife, Shelly. Um, those two ladies. I, I can only imagine being around Harry and you, but more so Harry. Being married to him has got to be just a bundle of joy, and I mean that in, in the most 
awesome way because he's always he didn't get the nickname Happy for no reason. Your wife and his wife, excuse me, do a lot of sacrificing throughout the year. I mean, I'm listening to you talk over the last 15 minutes, and we know where we know where your attention is. Even since you've gotten out of the race car, I've known you for going on 10 years, and you have always been hands-on, obviously, with the race team, but then you had other things. There was many nights I would stop over at 7 o'clock, and you were in the garage uh, putting panels together, putting putting vinyl together on panel. And uh, so just a huge shout-out to both uh, Alex and Shelly for uh, their love and devotion to you guys, and I just think it's awesome. So uh, kudos to them. Thanks. They have two very, very different roles when it comes to racing. So my, my wife is not a racer at all. Um, she, she, uh, she, when we, when we started, first off, Alex and I have, have known each other. Well, this year for 20 years, uh, we met, we met at college. We didn't date, uh, until well after college, but, uh, she's known she's known that this is a big part of my life when we started dating uh back in like had to be like 2009 uh she came to the racetrack for the first time was completely out of her element and didn't even understand that this this kind of subculture existed uh and uh she to this day I I, I can say that she's she's come to an she and I have come to an understanding of uh, how much time uh, the sport, especially when you you have your family invested in it, but how much time the sport requires and dedication that it requires mm-hmm. to not even be successful, but to be committed. Um, and, and she hasn't always liked it, but she has always supported it, and oftentimes from the sidelines. Uh, my sister-in-law, on the other hand, it g- grew up in the sport, and right. uh, you know, if if we don't have a car at the racetrack, she's at the track anyway, much like my brother Harry. Um, and quite frankly, she she deserves sainthood uh, for putting up. <laughs> Doesn't mean married bus. to him, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't want to be I don't be that harsh, but but all of us in total, you know, being being at the shop for so many hours during the week and, um, you know, putting up with all of us, we're all, we're all wise asses and we all do our best to have a great time whenever we're together. Um, and I'm sure, I, I don't know what you'd do if, if we weren't all that way, but, uh, you know, they, they are very, very influential and, um, we, we're, we're only able to do this because of those two. So thanks for shouting them out. Listen, if you want to see these women in action and how dedicated they are, we don't have a date for next year's bowling tournament yet because we just got done with it in the beginning of April. But if you want to see how dedicated these two women are to, to, to the success of their respective husbands and the family in general, just show up at this bowling benefit next year. You don't even have to bowl. I mean... I've been involved with this since I believe it's the beginning. Um, yep, and just true. watching them, just watching them, even, even my girlfriend, Teresa was like, after it was over and we were driving back, 
And my father made the comment, too. Man, those two women, they didn't stop moving. And I'm like, they don't stop from the time they get there until the time the last team meeting happens. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and that's another thing. If you've never experienced a Team 1H team meeting, you just got to see it in action. Um, so now you've expanded to two cars. You got Dufel, Zach, and you have got, obviously, your brother. When did the second car come into play? And how did Zach say to you, excuse me, Mike, I want to drive. <laughs> oh, he's going he's gonna to kill me. Uh, well, first, we off, first off, we've, we've had multiple cars for a long time. I mean, we, we, feel, we started fielding a second car back in really when you got involved with us pretty much. I mean, so right. back in 2012, we decided to field two cars full time. Um, at at that time, the idea was that we would have a car for Fonda and a car for Glenridge. Um, that was 2012. They started this idea of a of a rookie sportsman or limited sportsman division locally. Um, that was at the point. I mean, the the way the story went is the year before that, my my brother who he's just great at buying and selling parts. Before it was a big thing for guys on Facebook to buy and sell race parts, new and used. He was already doing it, um, buying and selling and breaking cars down and selling them on eBay just to have money to go race. So, so um, he had found, he had found uh, our old faithful car that we still have to this day. He found a 2009 TO and it was in Canada and it was a crate car and it came complete with an asterisk that the guys that owned it didn't know how to put it together. So he called me and said, what do you think? And I literally called New York State Retirement and probably the dumbest financial thing I've ever done in my life. And I took a, a loan out on my retirement with the state, um, got the check cut that day when I was working in Albany, got the check, cashed it, gave him the money. He got the rest of it, and he drove to Canada and picked up this car in a trailer and brought it home. And uh, we, we struggled with it in 2011. Then in 2012, we built two, two cars and, and made them as new as we possibly could, good running gear. Um, and that's when I started racing. And uh, – we, we started doing pretty well, so it made sense for us then. You know, he and I kind of looked at each other at one point and said, okay, two cars, have, have, this has to be a thing. We're going to have to have two cars. M me starting to drive was kind of an extra. We were sharing a car, much like he and Zach are going to do now uh, for a few shows. Uh, we were sharing a car at Glenridge, and that's nerve-wracking because – you know, one one person's trying to make sure that he doesn't bring the car home in a basket before the next guy's feature. Um, so so we did that for a while, and then in in 2013 I moved up and and went on my own. I moved out of the limited division and went um, sportsman racing. And at the end of the year, I realized we were missing a step trying to field not not necessarily a second car but fielding a second team almost with me racing also and so we were dividing resources and everything else so i i said this is silly i don't want to do this 
and, and little did I know I was struggling with my health at the time too. I just wasn't competitive. Um, so I took a step back. We built another new car and uh, it was super fast. And we've, we've tried to maintain two cars all the way through. In 2017, Glenridge reopened and I was eligible to run limited and I just ran opening night and happened to win, uh, which automatically kind of puts you in the chase for, for a championship. And um, we stuck it out. And lo and behold, the last night of the year, Craig, you'll remember, it was more two music night. Um, he yeah, and buddy. I both, both, both won uh, in that same car that I was talking about earlier. And uh, I decided, okay, well, I'm going to try to make this work again and tried to move up again. Uh, and at the time, we, we had three race cars. Um, so we've always been at that point, 2019, things went really terrible for me racing-wise and health-wise. So as we've regrouped and, and tried to get things back together, uh, I, I unfortunately can't race anymore, and uh, not by my choosing. And uh, Zach has been Zach has been around us most of his life. Uh, mm -hmm. He's he's another one of the brothers. Uh, he's like a little brother to me, uh, to all of us. So he's been wanting to race his entire life, and he comes from, you know, he comes from some some racing background himself. His father was one of Jack Johnson's very successful crew chiefs for many years. And uh, it was it was just a natural transition. He's been wanting to race. He's been wanting to race. And when we were trying to get things together last year, uh, my brother Harry and Shelly both said, well, you know, if you come up here and work on these things, you can drive it. And uh, so that's what we started to do. And uh, so we're going we're gonna to let him go at it and, and try to go after this limited uh, sportsman division. And uh, at the same time, we're going to be attacking the, the sportsman division with uh, this car in tandem. But we have we have two other ones waiting in the wings right now to get together. Very nice. Taz, what do you got, buddy? So, so what, was, what made the decision of getting out of the car and being more like a crew chief, per se? And also, where did... Zach start Zach uh, start becoming part of the picture with the team. Uh, that, like I said, Zach's been around us for a long time for for most of his life. Um, you know he. Uh, I'm I'm thinking like when he was in high school, um, and, and becoming quite a quite a high school athlete, basketball player, and, and pitcher at uh, Amsterdam. He was spending a lot of time with us. Uh, in the garage, and, and granted, you know, he's he's learning a lot of stuff now because he spent most of the time playing basketball outside when it was too boring in the garage because a lot of the race car works boring. But um, he, he's always been a part of the picture. So even as he was going through college and, uh, you know, transitioning into a career now, he's, he's always been by our side uh, at the track and in the shop. So um, as far as as far as uh, me transitioning out of the car, I didn't, I didn't have a whole lot of say in it. I mean, one thing I will say is that in the past when I decided to step back, it was because it was very, very clear that 
Um, and, and it's clear to me, it's my opinion that as a team, we are a lot better when I'm not trying to race. Um, good, you know, good, bad, or ugly, it, it, things seem to be better competition-wise for my brother Harry when I'm not racing. So, um, and it's more fun for me to to push him. Um, the guy's been my idol since you know since I was a little kid. So. Uh, to see him succeed, I, I get a lot of enjoyment out of that. Uh, as far as I go, I just uh, doctors told me I shouldn't be back in the car. I'm missing a pretty significant piece of my skull, and uh, they said that I shouldn't I shouldn't be driving a race car competitively, which I laugh about because I don't know how competitive I was. But uh, but I shouldn't be racing competitively because. Uh, the, the chances of having a, a catastrophic injury to myself was not, in, in my neurologist's words, it was uh, not a possibility, it was an inevitability, uh, which, which he probably did see in the race. I wrecked a lot of stuff. Well, I have to say, and I, Mike and I are, Mike and I are brothers in one way. We both had, you had five-way, didn't you, Mike? You had a five-way bypass. Oh yeah, quintuple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike and I—I I think we missed each other in the hospital by like a week. So back yeah. in 2019. Not that that's anything to uh, to celebrate, but we're both still here. So I guess in a way that it is. Oh, but, that's um, worth celebrating. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. That's worth a team meeting all day long. <laughs> um, I just don't know how our respective spouses and, and partners would like that. <laughs> but it's a team meeting party all day long. Mike, what sponsors you got for the race team? So uh, uh, we, we've had a couple couple new names on there. Of course, uh, you know, More 2 Music and, and DJ Craig Moore uh, has been a big part of the team for uh, a couple of years now. Uh, Kelly's Imperial Bowling Center. Chris Kelly uh, has allowed us to host uh, this bowling tournament and party, which is uh, it's always a great time. It was really fun to get through COVID and be able to have it again. Um, and it, it's such a big event and, and so much fun for everybody that attends. Uh, Protect Scale Service. Uh, Protect's been with us for, for quite a few years um, and, and supporting and, and, and assisting us. Uh, Zach was able to um, come to uh, terms with Miracle Ear, uh, which uh, it's, it's uh, president for several, uh, most of the locations on the Eastern Seaboard is actually a local. Uh, and, and Zach was, was able to strike a deal with him. That's why you see that on the, on the side of the car. And then uh, of course, Swagger Factory, um, the, the boys at DKM are always a ton of help dig race products. Uh, Brandon Plank helps out uh, a tremendous amount on the cars. Uh, so I'd be remiss not to mention Swagger Factory uh, for myself. Uh, and Samson Motor Car. We have, we, have, we have a few people that help out along the way, but uh, those are the biggies, and they've been around. A lot of them have been around for a very long time with us. Well, I know that I'm honored to uh, do my small part uh, and that we've had a long, we've had a long uh, tenure 
with you. I know I enjoy the I enjoy the uh, bowling event every year. I actually tried to one year. I tried to bowl and DJ at the same time. That didn't work out so well, um, but just because it was hard to be in two places at one time. Um, I know my son and his friend and a couple of well, a couple of his friends bowled in it this year, and they've already said, "Hey, Dad, we're bowling in it next year too." And I'm like, all right, well, when I have Mike on, I'll uh, tell him and make sure that we reserve you a spot. But um, so what are the plans for – got a couple minutes left. What are the plans for this year as far as goal-wise? Not necessarily, you know, obviously Glenn Ridge opens, I believe, in two weeks, does it not? I think they actually start this week. I hope it's two weeks because we're not ready. So, okay. <laughs> I, I, think, I think they're, they're attempting to open on Sunday, but I, you know, industry wide, we're having such an issue with tires right now. I I haven't seen any updates from them yet. Okay, and they're running them what the American racers? No, they run Hoosiers, uh, which which are, are certainly more plentiful, but the prices have have uh, you know, it's wild to see the prices of all racing parts and where they've gone over the last twelve months. Oh no, I, I I believe it. Just real quick, what does a set of racing tires run for the weekend? Ballpark. <laughs> uh, ballpark. I I'm the wrong guy to ask. Uh, I I know I know they've gone up significantly. I want to say, um, you used to be able to go get a set uh, and be ready to go for around 900 bucks. I think the last tire bill I saw was uh, over 12. Um, Wow. So that varies per, and you don't need a full set. That's for four tires. You don't need a full set, especially running the 602 Sportsman Division. I, I, there's probably guys that would disagree with that, but um, you know, we've our our team has always tried to use used tires as much as possible, and I tend to uh, I'll pat myself on the back. I tend to get some good life out of them. Um, from a preparation standpoint, so and and uh, Happy Harry is is easy on equipment. Um, you know he's not he's not blistering tires up and sealing them over and and making them unusable all the time. He is uh, incredibly smooth. Fine wheel. All right, Taz, you have uh, Taz, you have anything, my friend? Um, I don't think so. Other than uh, when I first hear about this this bowling deal, I gotta see if I can squeeze in there. <laughs> like yeah, well, you were there this year. When I was there, and I didn't even bowl. Huh. I, the best the best part of the tournament is in bowling. I haven't bowled in it yet, no. so I usually I'm I'm usually uh, trying to supply the bar, um, and. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to make sure that there's enough shots and enough beers for for uh, people, and just trying to orchestrate the party. It's 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 a party more than anything, and you know, Chris Chris Kelly gives us an awesome opportunity to do that every year, and he he gets to be involved with the race team by doing it. it is it is such a good time, and and I yeah. I do have to say it, it's an immense amount of work. And when we first started, it was um, you know, it was a, it was a lot of work. When, and I was trying to juggle organizing that along with getting prizes together and everything else. And, and Shelly 
uh, my sister-in-law is is just taking it to a whole nother level in a really big way. Uh, you know, I, I, the truth was is that when we planned the tournament that we just had in 2020, you know, pre-COVID, uh, she had 50, 60 baskets uh, and prizes ready to go, and we had to cancel within days of, of uh, you know, all of these public facilities being shut down for the pandemic. So, um, you know, once we decided we would be able to do it this year, um, she mobilized really quick, and uh, there was there was over a hundred items to be given away, plus door prizes and everything else. So it gives everybody opportunity to come out, shake shake the off season rust off, have a good time, have a few drinks, and just just uh, let racers be racers before we got to get to the track and slug it out. Well, I will tell you this. We got done, and on the ride back, because we left right after that to come back home. Um, that's not. <laughs> that's yeah. We it was a turn. It was pretty much a turn and burn that night. We got to the, we got to the uh, track, or we got to the thing. We got there. We got done. We loaded up. We said goodbye. We hugged everybody, and I looked at my father and I said, "Come on, boy, let's move it." And. Uh, we, we were back home the next day. We drove straight through. We were back home the next day at, like, 3 in the afternoon. Um, and so, yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. I have an idea for next – I have an idea what I want to do for next year's giveaway. Um, so I will get with you over the next 11 months, 10 months, and figure it out, uh, get pricing on it. Um so we thank your sponsors. Give us where they can find you guys on social media. Uh, well, we, we can be the, – the race team can be found uh, at uh, on Facebook. Just search Schaefer Racing Team. So it, it's, uh, it's the simpler way of spelling Schaefer, S-H-A-F-F-E-R. That's for Happy Harry Schaefer. Uh, we're on Facebook. Um, yeah, I do. I have a lot of personal stuff up on my account, but Swagger Factory can be found in two places. So uh, the new website is not up yet, but it's SF Racewear, one word, sfracewear.com, uh, or in, in we respond essentially within hours. I think our, our uh, average response time right now is three hours um, for at max, even in the middle of the night. Uh, is you can go on Facebook, so facebook.com backslash race with swagger, or you can just search Swagger Factory Apparel and you will find us. Um, we're also on Instagram at sf underscore apparel underscore co, so sf apparel company on Instagram. And uh, you can see all of our products on there. Once the new website's up, we we have shoes and gloves in stock, and we also have a great network of dealers. Uh, I, I have to give a shout-out to our dealers because they do amazing work and uh, have such a great customer base. So Ricky Axet at R3 Graphics, uh, Jeff Coroppin at JK Signworks, Dan Hur came on with us, so DH Graphics. He's down in Colony, um, just absolutely exploding right now, his business is. And also Kyle Dimitro uh, at BDC Supply uh, down near Rome, uh, the Rome area, 
are all Swagger Factory dealers, and I have about six applications actually on my desk right now for uh, other sign companies and and uh, racing graphics guys from around the country, from Long Island out to Montana, uh, seeking to be Swagger Factory dealers. So we're we're probably going to see that SF logo a few other places real soon. That is awesome. That is awesome. Well, Mike, I want to thank you very much. Uh, we went we went past, but that's all right. Um, I just notified our our uh, marketing and, and promotions director and said we're going a little past ten. She goes, obviously, lol. Uh, she did say this about you, Mike. Um, we call her Mama Bear when we make her mad, and we've done it in the past. She sets us all straight, but if it wasn't for her and, and CJ, uh, also known as Jason, uh, here at the 110, we would not have grown like we have. Uh, she said, geez, last I heard on higher levels about three or four years ago, a set of tires was about 2400 So I believe the rate hike that he mentioned. I really enjoyed his interviews. Seems like a guy I could be friends with. Honest as the day is long. He's a great speaker. I can see why he's successful in business. My reply to that was just, he's just awesome. I'm proud to be associated with him and his family, and I, and I really am. So I want to thank you, not only for your friendship, your acquaintance, your acquaintance uh, through racing. Uh, who would have known when we met 10 years ago in a little station in Johnstown, New York, that uh, we'd, be, we'd be friends for 10 years. So uh, I want to thank you very much. We will be up there in June for uh, a wedding. A friend of hers is getting married. Uh, I don't remember the date, but we'll stop by the track. We'll stop yeah, by the track Saturday. What's that? For sure. so just plan on getting to the track. I, I just want to thank you for having me on, and, and thanks to everybody. Uh, You're very welcome. Appreciate it very much. I want to thank you as well. You were very welcome. We're going to replay this. I'll send this. I'll send this over to Harry because we know that he's making, or he's just finishing up chicken wing soup, at uh, at the winter circle, to which I've got to get a bucket when we come up in June, and bring back home yeah, to all listen, these people. Yeah, I'll give you a public apology. I, I got to give you a public apology. You were supposed to be leaving the bowling tournament with a half gallon of soup. I was, but so between well between the two of them, you and I both. And to be fair, I, you know, I had a stroke. I blame it on the stroke. I blame it on the blame. Uh, blame everything on the brain injury. You and I are the ones who auctioned off your bucket of soup. But you know what? I was glad to do it. <laughs> but but I, I will was... make sure you have it next time. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, we'll be up sometime in June. We'll get together. And then we'll we'll go to the track together as well. So, uh, Mike, again, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And uh, we're gonna re- we'll we'll share this link tomorrow, and I'll I'll make sure that I tag you and Harry and and post it on the Schaefer Racing page and the Swagger page as well. Kick ass! Thanks, Craig. Thanks right, everybody. Buddy. Yeah, give your brothers a hug for me. Done. All right, buddy. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. All right. Yes, folks, we went long on that interview. But Taz, Mike Jackson, Schaefer Racing, I can say this. 
yeah, I don't think you will find a more genuine, I don't want to say car owner, but he is. Uh, but the man has knowledge like you would not believe, and I, I said it, and I give his wife props. Alex, she's a she's a director of some sort at the regional, uh, I believe it's the regional animal shelter in Gloversville in Fulton County. Um, between his wife and Harry's wife, those two ladies are absolute saints, obviously for different reasons. Uh, but Mike is a, is a very busy man, so, and I know he starts and gets to work at about six in the morning. So I want to thank him for uh, spending a little time with us this evening to talk racing. So we've got a question. The question was submitted um, about ride heights in the car. Um, the question was, I've been noticing that these race cars sit very close to the ground. Is it a standard height that they have to be off the ground, or are they allowed to push the limit and get as close as they can? I was talking with a friend of mine, and they said I should ask you about it. So, about some ride height rule. So I am. Here is what I found online. Uh, NASCAR opted not to have a ride height rule, which was a minimum four-inch clearance from the splitter to the ground for Daytona and Talladega. That increases speed, but NASCAR said, well, we're going to give you the speed, but we're going to add a half inch to your spoiler. Um, how low to the ground are NASCAR cars? Well, the height of each car is also measured to make sure it is at least 51 inches off the ground. So Taz, even Lily could almost reach the top of the car. How about that? <laughs> A little shout out to your little one. Uh, Miss Lee chimed in and said the new cars do sit awful close to the ground and with the new match car bottoms. Uh, I actually like the way they look. I'm glad that NASCAR got a, uh, did away with the right height rule. But you know what we haven't heard of? I haven't heard of it today and I haven't heard of it in the last Two, maybe three weeks. You want to know what that is? Tires. Tires. Lug nuts. We haven't had an issue over the last three weeks. Now, I probably could have pulled them. Maybe I could just pull the Miss Lee. Um, You pulled the bad juju. Maybe I just, yes, maybe I just brought in some bad juju. But... (laughs) I'm waiting for Miss Lee to chastise me. Um, and maybe we brought some bad juju, and here it goes. But we haven't heard of anything about it. Now, have the teams gotten smarter? Oh, somebody did lose a tire this weekend. I did not hear about it. So, obviously, it was only one person, not many, so it wasn't really likely. So, okay, so the bad juju... It wasn't me. I'm glad I didn't mention it last week because I was going to. Um, so that is the answer on the NASCAR ride height rule. I hope that was informative. Um, if not, please uh, let us know. Maybe we can expand on it in a further episode. Uh, Mike Jackson, if you're still listening, Miss Lee said she would love to have you back whenever you want to come back. 
So here's what I think we should do. When Harry or Zach win a race this year, we get them on that Tuesday night. Um, so maybe we can maybe we can work that out. Real quick, um, I sent a message to the one and only man who doesn't ever seem to age, and that's Mr. Mark Martin. I sent it to his social media pages about possibly getting him on here for an interview. Um, so hopefully I'll hear back uh, within the next week or so. And when we do, we will blow that interview right up out of the water. Um, oh, Taz, man. real quick, SRX. They got yes, a new lineup. So, so SRX news, um, awesome news. And why do I say awesome news? Well, awesome Bill from Dawsonville is back again for SRX. Not full-time this year. However, he'll be racing uh, two races this year. His first will be at Five Flags Speedway, and his second race will be at Stafford Motor Speedway, which I'll be at once again. Um, In other news as well, as I mentioned earlier, the Stafford local driver is Matt Hirschman. He got that ticket by winning the Stafford Motor Speedway uh, spring sizzler race this past weekend um taking home a big pile of cash from the greatest from the greatest race in the history of spring um new to or plus cbs sports has announced their broadcast team for the 2022 srx uh srx season um returning is lindsey zarniak uh, Matt Yoakum, one of the best um, pit road analysis there is, and and I'm calling him the goat of play-by-play announcers for motorsports. And Alan Bestwick returns for 2022 in SRX broadcast team. Uh, driver analyst this year um, will be Willie T. Ribs. He was a driver. He was a racer last year. He's now going to be a driver analyst this year. And new driver analyst is Connor Daly. So that will be your broadcast team for the um, SRX season. And the only spots left open for SRX at this point is... Um, the Nashville fan vote winner, which last I knew was Brittany Zamora leading that fan vote, and the I-55 local driver. Um, but other than that, um, we will get to uh, picks, which started with uh, the caution flag of radio, Chris Creighton. Um, his picks for the weekend at Dover is none other than Ty Gibbs and Free Willy William Byron. Um, then on the card for picking next is Ew. yes, me. Oh boy. For Xfinity I'm gonna go Mr. Dingaling, AJ Almondinger. Actually, no, scratch that. 
We're going Mr. Aggressive, Noah Gregson. On the cup side, oh, boy. I don't know who to pick out of the Chevy camp. I'm going to throw a name out there right now. I'm going Lala, Kyle Larson. Miss Lee says the Gator, Justin Allgaier. And Happy Harv, Kevin Harvick. Whoa! That's a bold pick there. That's a bold pick. It is. It is a bold pick. Mr. CJ. Mr. CJ has picked... Mr. CJ has picked Mr. Dingling, AJ Allmendinger, for Xfinity. On the cup side, uh, don't be surprised by this one, but he's going young Bushy. One word Bush, Kyle Bush. Wow. Yeah. So, um, to you, Mr. Craig Moore. <laughs> all right, so who was uh, uh, CJ's picks? CJ went with. Almondinger for Xfinity and Kyle Busch for Cup. All right. So I'm going to go with Chris on this one. I'm going to agree with his Xfinity pick because I was thinking Ty Gibbs too. Um, Then for Cup. Oh, God. That's what I said. Well, I'm going to kind of agree with you, Taz. I'm going to kind of agree with you um, for the motorsports team. But I'm not going to agree with you on the driver. I'm I'm going to go. I'm, I'm thinking you're, I have a feeling I know where you're going with this. All right. So, I was thinking Byron. I had Larson last week. But nobody picked him this week, which kind of shocked me. But I'm going to go with Chase Elliott. I knew it. (laughs) So... Now, the I, real question, Craig, are you going to backstab yeah. him at the last second? Well, you know, it all depends. I don't have – I might ask I might ask the, the 40-year-old out here. I might put, you know, I might put pictures up and have her pick, pick between him, Byron, Larson, and uh, – have her decide which one for me, but I and or Bowman, but I don't know. I might keep it the way I have it. Um, so we'll just have to see. Listen, real quick, we got to thank a couple of people that help make this show possible each and every week. Then we're going to get out of here. I thought we were going to go a little bit over. Kaz wasn't as long-winded as his, on his picks as he normally is. Uh, and I'm, I'm I busted, didn't really do but... my true studies this week. 
No, you didn't. I'm kind of disappointed, but kind of happy in the same breath. I ain't going to lie. Um, <laughs> so we got to thank Carolina Sports Plus, Bear Bull Market on Facebook. If I said it wrong, I apologize. And the other one was Phoenix, correct? Phoenix Fitness. Phoenix Fitness. I think all this is telling me that I need to get in shape. I don't. I always thought round was a shape, but apparently I'm wrong. <laughs> um, so I did get told this morning I'm going to sweat my off this summer, and I said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! I ain't got much of one now, so I got to be careful." Um, Kaz, real quick, I want to give a shout out. You've got we this coming week. Let's see. Last night we had the 110 Nation Sports Show. With CJ, tonight we had us. Tomorrow night is open programming, if I'm not mistaken. Thursday is the Southern Dirt Track Report. Friday, Mud Mule got anything or no? Um, I believe they do. Um, I'll know more confirmation during the week. Okay, well, it's Tuesday, so hopefully we know by Thursday so we can get it promoted. Should, should, uh, know, by, should know by Thursday, early Friday morning, the absolute latest. All right, and when does the Jay Dillon show start? I know we're going into... Uh, um, Sometime beginning of May, so I, I think if it's not this week, it'll be the following. I know it's beginning right. of May, so we're, clo- we're closing in, and that's a Sunday show. All right, so... Here, I want to ponder, I want to leave on this. If you're a NASCAR fan, you know what April 29th is. Do you know what April 29th is or would have been? Oh, oh, I'm trying to think of it. I wasn't expecting this on the spot. That's all right. I'm Johnny on the spot sometimes. (laughs) It happens. It is. It is Dale Earnhardt. It would have been Dale Earnhardt's birthday. That's right. So isn't it kind of ironic, and not really because it was planned this way, that Jeffrey Earnhardt would be in a Richard Childress number three Chevy at Talladega four days. um, I'll tell you one second. Seven days, six days before what would have been his granddaddy's birthday. Not only that, but he finished and almost won the Dern Ray. Could you imagine the celebration that would have been had in Talladega if an Earnhardt with with McReynolds, Larry Mack, on the toolbox, on the uh, pit box, at Talladega, if that would have win, if that win would have come to fruition, that would be. I mean, something. just think about. It. Could you imagine? And I and 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 I know Miss League will chime in, and hopefully Chris will too. Um, the conspiracy theorists, the conspiracy theories would have been going through the roof um, on that. <laughs> so I just thought it was kind of. I thought it was kind of neat, kind of odd. Uh, an Earnhardt in a three at Talladega. McReynolds on the box. He finishes top two. 
put the car on the pole and they had a legitimate shot of winning that race from the word go. So I just thought that was kind of neat. Random, random piece of, uh, piece of news and notes. I want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule on a Tuesday night. Um, I know that the spring weather is up and happening in the Northeast and over near in Columbus, Ohio, and in that area. So I want to thank you guys for spending a little bit of time with us. Taz, get us out of here. All right. Uh, Yeah, Miss Lee, I think of weird things like that. Um, It just dawned on me. So I I thought I would bring it up. I thought I would bring it up. Um, I will say this before you do the close, Taz. I am working on that Justin Marks thing. Uh, I want to run it on Saturday. I haven't figured out a time. I just got to get it recorded. Uh, So I'll probably do that Friday night. And I want to thank you guys very much for tuning in. Taz, take us home, would you? Yes, sir. So thank you very much for listening to Race Chat Live tonight here on Blog Talk Radio. Of course, you can catch the replay not only here on Blog Talk Radio, but also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, RSS Feed, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, GeoSaven, Podcast Addict, Deezer, Podchaser, and on YouTube. Of course, thanks to our sponsors, Phoenix. Fitness, Bear Bull Market Group, and Carolina Sports Plus. And, of course, thank you, Mr. CJ of the 110 Nation, along with our production manager, Ms. Lee Reed. Um, this has been the – this has been Tuesday Night Race Chat Live with the Caution Flag Radio, Chris Crane. Hopefully, hopefully he'll be back next week. The DJ Music Man, Craig Moore. I'm the Tasmanian Devils of flaggers Taz Taylor saying good night. We'll see y'all the same bat time, same bat place here on Race Chat Live. All right, good night everybody. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.